Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 4, Episode 5, Drachmar Noir. The book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, by Dave Wolverton. The year, 1995. Chapters 9 and 10, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Hi, I'm the Herbs and Spices Kid. Take it down a notch, Han. If you leave Starbucks there, he's going to eat that millennial kiss. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bees, hey, bees, hey, bees. Yo, baby, boop, bitches, I got it. <laughs> Welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast, where I, Jeff, did the intro right. Hey. Hey, hey and John looks amazed. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. <sighs> it's a proud day for me. You want to hear me do I it again? I'm like so proud to pop up. <laughs> That's right. It's the Star Wars Expounded Novel Universe Discussion Show. <laughs> That's the intro we need. That's the one everyone wanted from us. The show mastery. Yay. Oh, got system mastery worked into here somehow. This is a problem. Oh, no. Yeah. We did it. Okay, hang on. Welcome to Critical Role, the show I have never listened to, but everyone everyone tells me is really quite good. Welcome to, I don't know, some kind of podcast. Something about three brothers. <laughs> What's that? That that there's the three of them and they're brothers or something. And one oh of yeah, them's... it's just called three brothers. It's just called three brothers. I think they're called Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, that's so, it. Yeah, those guys are brothers, right? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if it's provable or not. I mean, they're... I don't think anyone could possibly know. I think that shows one of those things where there's only the characters that you know of, and they never add any extra characters. Like there's a whole thing to it. There's like ten kids that live there, and there's no one else in yeah, the universe at all. Yeah, it's not like they ever do a new one. It's like, look, it's Franklin, the character we hadn't talked about before. That that never happens. No. So anyway, this is the Star Wars discussion podcast featuring Jeff and John, where we read a book. And what book are we reading? Why, it's The Courtship of Princess Leia. Man, courtship is being real generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess you could call it, what, the coercion of Princess Leia? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. At least that would keep sort of a, an alliteration scheme going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so where we when we last we left our heroes, they were stuck our, in a... <laughs> air quote, heroes. When last we left our collection of disparate idiots, uh, they were stuck in a falling ship that was spinning out wildly out of control towards the surface of the planet Dathomir. Indeed. And also Luke was somewhere sighing in exasperation because... <laughs> Luke has become the Chewbacca of this book, while Chewbacca has become the dialed-out Chewbacca of this book. <laughs> I mean, I last episode with the chapters, and also a little bit in this one, the turnaround of the first like several chapters, Chewbacca's like, I don't, I don't care, man. Just whatever. You guys have the worst relationship I've ever seen. I'm just not going to get in between you two. Over here playing Wookiee Clicker. He's... And I like that as soon as he goes, oh, no, it's not just that you have a bad relationship. Han, you're actually a terrible person. I will destroy you. Yeah, the part where he he whirls around to Leia and basically says, would you like me to beat him senseless for you? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, good. It's not just that Chewie's checked out. It's that he didn't care until now. And now he's like, oh, I have a life debt to this guy, but he has fucked up. So badly. That's fine. I'm not going to kill him. I will just beat him to within an inch of his life and keep him there. There we go. That's right. That's the right thing for Chewbacca to do. And since then, he's basically maintained a sort of I am keeping us alive policy. Yeah. That's that's where Chewbacca's at right now. As of these couple of chapters, he's like, I'm still dialed out. I still don't want any part of this, but I am going to do the bare minimum to keep everybody alive. <laughs> However, I am on a falling ship. So, you know, let's let's try something out. 
it, it's funny because I mean we're jumping right to chapter eleven or ten for whatever reason, but but uh, Chewbacca basically at this point is trying to be a little more sarcastic and a little more direct, but Han is still treating him like he's a noun instead of a friend of his. He's <laughs> like, we can't solve this problem with a Wookie. It's like he's not a Wookie, Han. He's your friend, Chewbacca. Chewbacca is sitting right there. Yeah, you don't have to call. It. That's very racist. <laughs> That's. Whoo, baby, that's bad. Yeah, so anyway, let's jump on back to Chapter 9. What's going on back then in Chapter 9? Chapter 9 was... Very short. It was short, but also... Sweet. I loved the fact that in the several books that we have now read and getting through into this one, this is the first chapter where it's all Luke-centered. Like, you think of... Like, the characters that you would be able to center on, and even in the plots that we're doing, mm-hmm. you'd have at least one chapter based around Luke. Well, I mean, Shadows of the Empire didn't have a single chapter based around anybody, because it did a whole lot of jumping around. It was all these little three-paragraph sub-chapters. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, in Crystal Star, Luke was there for whole chapters, but he was spending all of his time defining himself in opposition to Han. Well, Luke was mostly spending that book going... I'm so fucking crazy. I'm dumb and goddamn crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I am the better man. So, uh, so yeah, this is a whole Luke chapter. I mean, he meets some other people, but we get to watch him going through some process and playing Jedi detective. Yeah, I it, mean, at least we do get, like, oh, uh, what can I do? Well, I got weird Jedi powers. I'm going to go into Han's place, and I know all of the, like, investigative teams have gone through here, but... Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my my sensor powers. So he walks into Han's apartment, and we get a description of what Han's apartment's like. And there's a lot of cockroaches. Yeah, and they put on shows. And oh no, that's Joe's apartment. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's Han's apartment is spare and boring because Han is never there. Is basically the the point that the author wants to convey. Yeah, he's never ever ever, ever there. there. Nah, oh nah, nah, no. Nah, 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 nah. Hey. Oh no. A cake reference. Oh yeah. <laughs> so but basically he establishes that oh he has to go through a lot of authorly description of it but basically he's like oh this place is so spare and empty it's like a person who lives here but their heart's not here oh they they'll sleep here but they don't live here no and it's not even like we're supposed to be going oh it's because he loves leia so much that he wishes he slept at the foot of her bed no it's it's because he lives on the falcon oh yeah that's all. This isn't this isn't news to anybody. Of course Han lives on the Falcon. Also, I'm sure you'd get that anyway because he's only been back from like a 5-month trip to beat up a warlord. So he's like, "Oh, he's only slept here for like 3 days out of the past 5 months." So yeah, of course it doesn't feel like he's here and it's home. Man, it only took him 5 months to fail to kill a warlord. How Man. long did it take Mike Merles to do that? <laughs> Oh, Dungeons uh, and Dragons burn. Hey, except he did kill the he warlord. He did kill the warlord, but not in here, John. Not in my heart. No, the warlord lives on. Uh-huh. Yeah, the legend of the warlord lives on, beating in my breast. <laughs> it tells me when to attack people. And it tells me to grow my hand back on. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, he uses his Jedi powers to sense emotion. And it turns out that Han was in here being all desperate and crazy. Yeah, I love, I like to think that it's, it's not that he's like, oh, I touch his pillow and I can sense how desperate he was and, and how manic. He just like puts his hand on, oh, that is covered in flop sweat. This guy was <laughs> fucking 
just off his shit. Yeah, and there's just scrawls on the wall that are like, win a whole planet in a card game. The obvious solution, Han. Yeah, and then like <laughs> under that, just a bag of open cocaine. Yeah, oh, geez. The Force tells me that this dude is off his shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have used the Force to deduce that Han has gone bugfuck loco. And I have also used the Force to arrange this cocaine into neat, clean lines for whoever comes here next. I'm kidding, it's for me. <laughs> JK Mike. <laughs> I'm just going to float this cocaine up here. And, oh, hello. Hey, I'm way better at the force. <laughs> I'm so much better at the force and sex and business. I should start a force sex business. I could open up a force restaurant. Guys, guys, I should buy a ship. I'm going to buy a ship and then I'm going to establish a restaurant to compete with Menorai. <laughs> the big difference will be that it has a waterfall in the dining area. Also, the force. Also, the force is there and you can use the force to make the fleek eels more spicy or something. Huh? Huh? Oh, 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 coming down. Oh, oh, oh I got to I got to return some videotapes. <laughs> Why did I drag this typewriter in here? <laughs> Anyway, uh, he uses the force to track Han down into the depths of Coruscant, right to that gambling parlor where Han did indeed win a planet. Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> I um, I like this for again showing that Luke isn't incompetent because even with us not getting like chapters centered on him, Luke in all of these other books has just been either needing to be saved by Dash Rendar, mm. like he's. Even though he's still good, Dash Rendar gets to show up and be like, I'm saving you, kid. And he, Yeah, that book had that weird habit of like Luke just effortlessly doing whatever he wants, and then the book saying, but he couldn't do this forever based on the no evidence I've provided. And then, of course, when you know Dash Rendar shows up, he's like, that Dash Rendar, he's so amazing. He must be part bird for the flying skill he has, yeah. rumbles Chewbacca in a half-gurgle. Yeah, like, Luke was mostly just sort of there to make sure that we knew that he appreciated the insert characters. Yeah, in both the books we've read so far where Han was a big deal, or sorry, where Luke was a big deal, uh, he was consistently depowered to keep him from being too useful. And here we're seeing him with no fetters. Yeah, he just gets to do Jedi stuff. And I'm like, oh, good, thank you. Yes. So he makes his way right back down to that gambling parlor. It's not even a big deal for him to track Han's gross flop sweat scent. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'll, I'll track this slime trail with little bits of powder in it. He's wearing a half gallon of Drakkar Noir. Anyone could track him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to try not to track him. Jeez. <laughs> Drakmar Noir he's wearing. Ah. Ah, <laughs> the scent of dragon people. Uh, Drakmar. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it turns out when he gets there that he goes right to the owner of the bar, a Rydar. And a Rydar is basically a little bat person. Yeah, and they're very rough. You could say he's a rough rider. He's a rough rider, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he's very giving and uh, and willing to accept the emotions of other people. You might say he experiences a lot of rider love. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, your your choices here are to either deal with this uh, owner mm -hmm. or perish. You could say your options are ride or die. <laughs> God damn, good. Very well done. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, he talks this... <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Okay, please continue. No, it's fine. We both got our puns in. We we did it. So oh, uh, he he meets with this Rydar who never gets a name, and he's a little upside down Batman. Um, who? No, 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 no. <laughs> Greetings, old chum. He says. Uh, no, he says to Luke. <laughs> to Luke, and then you know smacks him, and a big old sign appears across the screen that says "Force Boof." <laughs> so 
The Rhydar basically is that porn monster from that one episode of Futurama, because Luke's like, hey, do you keep any videotapes of people coming in here to do illegal things? No. Well, what if I gave you some money? I come in the back then. All right. Well, get out Yes. We get a description about how Rhydar are... Like paranoid, paranoid people by nature, uh, but can always be bought out, and they're they're fairly cunning and clever. Uh, but anyway, he walks him into the back room and shows him that a bunch of tapes of of various gambling events until he finds the one he's looking for, which is the one with Han and Omog and and the Kalumi and what have you. Yeah, uh, and then he's like, okay, I see that he's losing the he's winning the planet from that Drachmarian. Uh, who's that? I don't know. I don't remember her name. Well, here's a hundred credits. Warlord Omog. Ooh. Very uh. very straightforward. And then Luke has to go, oh, of course, Warlord Omog, the only Drakmarian that would win a planet in a card game. And it's like, Luke, if you had that knowledge. If you if you are at a point where you're like, oh, I know who Warlord Omog is, and that they would be the one to lose a planet in a card game. Did you feel like spending a hundred credits? Is that what this is? I mean, I guess if at this point you're like, oh, I'm one of the big muckety mucks in the New Republic, and they just give me like an allowance of shitloads of money. Or is he just puffing himself up in his own head? Is he pulling the, oh, I knew that, I knew that. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. Yes, yes, and uh, of course the rainfall, yes, yes. Uh, no further questions. Oh. Time, the Time Magazine piece, it was fascinating, yes. Oh, yes, of course. I bless the rains down in Africa. <laughs> It's going to take some time to do the things we never had. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Have you heard the theory that that song is about a werewolf? I have not. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. that's we got to pause the show for a second because that's some serious information. <laughs> Folks, if you don't know, that's my that's my karaoke go-to jam. Yeah. Africa by Toto. By Toto. Not by the Weezer cover. Fuck no, that. That's, that's garbage. It's awful. But uh, the whole idea is, so we have this chorus that tells us that it would take so much to drag him away from her and that he loves her so much. And yet the song says that he is away from her. Mm-hmm. So something great has happened to make him go here. Okay. Now he's looking for some uh, old, old forgotten, forgotten words. words or ancient memories. He stops an old man along the way. Okay. He's, he's gone to Africa to try and find a cure for him being a werewolf. He hears wild dogs cry out in the night. Mm-hmm. And they cry out because of him. Oh, that, the, that makes sense, yeah. All the right. reason he blesses the rains down in Africa is the cloud cover is covering the moon. I mean, technically, the, the wild dogs cry out in the night as they grow restless, longing for some solitary company. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense, by the way. What the hell is solitary company? Well, he is the solitary ah, company. Okay, he that, is right. the lone wolf. Yeah, okay. So, he's a, so they're looking for their werewolf friend. Indeed. Because mm-hmm. they can sense that he is there. Okay, um, so what about the part where Shura's Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus? Oh, well, that's just because uh, Toto had no idea about the geography of Africa. Or the number of syllables in Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> they just fit it in there, damn like, it. Oh, just, it's a cool thing. Squeeze it. it in. You could have picked a smaller mountain name. You could have gone with... One an- that's actually over the Serengeti. No. <laughs> nope, Kilimanjaro. That's the only one I know or anyone else knows. Fuck you. <laughs> So, all right, though, I like that. The idea that the Toto song Africa is about a cool werewolf. A werewolf who has gone to Africa to find a cure for him being a Based werewolf. on the beards in the music video, I'm willing to buy this. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there, <laughs> there you are, Expounded Universe listeners. The theory about Toto's Africa. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess maybe at next on the next episode we can talk about my theory that Hotel California is about a soap opera. Yeah, sure. Okay, perfect. So let's move on instead. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> the uh, when he he tracks uh, Omog down to another gambling establishment, he basically just in, goes like, even the super deeper. sub basement. Yeah, he's down in the super deep part. This is our second time on the show going down into the ultra deep Coruscant. Yeah, and he describes it as basically a lightless pit that with full of 
light that were like like amphibious. He basically goes into the city version of the deep ocean where mm-hmm. there's no light and all of the creatures here are super weird. Yeah, they're all creepy and messed up. It's it's that one episode of SpongeBob where they take the bus into the wrong part of town. <laughs> Uh, but he's seen like a giant Kermit the Frog flat by eating a handful of random fungus. Yeah, and there's some a- massive tentacles that he's like, I'm not sure if that's actually a sentient being or just some sort of thing that lives down here. That wouldn't be surprising. I mean, in one of the books we've read, we established that uh, Coruscant has giant snails that do the street sweeping. Yeah. So I, I don't see why it couldn't just be one of those. But uh, he finds when he goes into this establishment... Before we get into the actual action here, mm-hmm. back in the first establishment that he went to with the Rydar, mm-hmm. he sees a bunch of rats playing poker, mm-hmm. and we get the same here. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, Are those Ranat, do you think? But he doesn't say Ranat. Both times he's like, oh, there's rodents here, and they're playing. And I just, I have to imagine that it is actually just rats playing <laughs> just poker. Rats. And, they're just, and they're all wearing bowler hats. Oh, yeah, it's, obviously. They've got little vests and bowler hats, and they're all playing poker with comically oversized cards. Of course, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just needed to make sure that you understood what I was picturing while reading this. Can we get two versions of this? Can one of them be the painting, except it's rats now, and they're playing, they're playing poker with bowler hats on, and the other one is Rizzo and other Muppet rats playing poker? <laughs> just, well, Rizzo and other famous, like, cartoon and Muppet rats. Those rats are playing poker. You should see the chambermaids. <laughs> not a good joke. It's not a good joke. It's been revoked. <laughs> it's fine. I'm willing to accept that. Uh, but yeah, just various Muppet and famous puppet rats. Yeah. Yeah. And also Templeton. Yeah. That's what... Oh, I mean, you can have the fucking, like, What's-His-Nuts from Ratatouille. Oh, yeah, sure. You can have uh, Ratatouille, the rat from Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille, the rat from Ratatouille. <laughs> His name's Remy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You know, Ratatouille. His name's Ratatouille. As far as I know. Just like that cowboy from Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. Hey, look, it's everyone's favorite cowboy, Toy Story. (laughs) That's how every Pixar movie works, as far as I'm aware. As far as I'm aware, there's this (laughs) Scottish lady with wild red hair named Brave. I'm pretty sure her name is... This movie is surprisingly all about bears. (laughs) It's weirdly bear There's so much bear in this movie and so little cool Scottish highlands. I thought this was going to be way more about archery and way less about bears. It is almost entirely bear-centric. This is very unusual. This is highly unusual. The the brochure said there'd be far less bears. I was thinking there were only going to be a few bears. This is a terrible Pixar movie. Actually, it's pretty good. It's fine. It's just so many bears. Uh, All right. Anyway, anyway. So he goes into the sub-sub basement of Coruscant. Yeah, a place so poorly lit that this room is completely pitch dark. But deep within the pitch darkness, he hears a person crying for help and three people bothering that person. Yeah, and so he lights up his lightsaber, and it's so bright that several creatures that live down here are like, Oh, fuck! Oh, fuck you, buddy! Hey! Hey, that's I'm not- walking here! <laughs> I'm skulking here! Hey, I'm trying to live an entire life in darkness here, eh? <laughs> but, uh... It you want to watch? <laughs> you want to buy several watches? Only work in total darkness? Huh? They're solar-powered. They charge from lack of solarness. Yeah. They're, they're charged by darkness. Yeah. It's, it's Star Wars. You don't know. Whatever. <laughs> good, good day, sir. Come on, buddy. <laughs> 
It turns out that Warlord Omog is indeed down here, and she is being threatened by three of uh, the Tachume's Hapen Assassin soldier type dudes, who apparently can see in total darkness, although it is never mentioned how or how they're doing that. I think they have uh, goggles. Do they have cool they, goggles? They got cool goggles on. I guess they must have cool goggles on. All right, great. <laughs> Um, also, that is uh, my next original character, cool goggles on. Oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. All three of the men wore infrared goggles, a sign that they were not accustomed to life here in the underworld. Yeah, see? I must have moved right past that, so fair enough. So, yeah, she's being threatened by these three dudes who are trying to pull the mask off. She has, as we've established, uh, Omog wears a little tiny muzzle mask. Like, she has a bubble over her, the, the lower half of her face. Actually, I guess it's over no, the it's her whole it's a whole, it's her whole head. The whole well, point is you can't see her in the methane gas. Yes, that's true. So they're trying to pull her, her mask off, and you can tell that they've already partially succeeded in it. She's damaged from having breathed some oxygen. Yeah, she's choking on oxygen and mm-hmm. very unhappy, and Luke's like, y'all motherfuckers are about to get riggedy wrecked. I'm going to do what I do in movies, which is cut your hands off. Yeah, because they're like, we're not going to back down. This this thing as information we require. I, I guess I should probably just be across the board with the, the hapen accent and this thing has information we require. But, take your hands off her or I'll take your hands off. Yeah, it's a very clever line that Luke delivers. If either you remove your hands from her or I'll remove your hands from you. Ooh. I'm a Jedi, you see. You see, I'm a Jedi and all I am allowed to do is remove hands. Yeah, this is a PG-13 movie. Come on. So I'm, I'm going to chop your hands off bloodlessly and you'll be like, oh no! Ah! And they'll be like, when did you ever cut a hand off? That was, that was Obi-Wan who did that. And he's like, ah, shit. Ah, ah, he's sh-. like, uh, I believe you'll remember when I cut Darth Vader's hand off. Yeah, but that was a robot hand. He didn't actually cut a real hand off the guy. Well, I mean, it was a hand. It was his hand. I mean, I think if you look back to the tape, Obi-Wan cut his hand off, too, because Obi-Wan had the high ground. <laughs> well, you see. <laughs> if, I, if we could be direct about this, you've okay, never cut on. off. Let, and- me, let me put the prequels on real quick. <laughs> Guys, sit down. <laughs> Let's all watch the prequels. Look, we can probably skip to Revenge of the Sith on this one. Here. <laughs> I just uh, what I'm establishing is that Obi Wan hates hands. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there's a lot of Jedi hand hate. Yes. As soon as you get the Force, you're like, "Ooh, hands! I hate them." Vader's cutting off hands. Obi Wan's cutting off hands. Luke's cutting off hands. Yeah. You get that Force in you, and you're just like, mm, "Hands!" Cut those hands loose, buddy. <laughs> I gotta get those hands off you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Obi Wan is the the premier hand hater of Star Wars, though, because he takes off both of Anakin, uh, Anakin's, and I'm pretty sure he kills Grievous, or, or takes at least one of them off Grievous. I don't remember <laughs> for sure. I know he kills Grievous by just shooting him. That's th- that's how Grievous finally cacks it. Is he's managed to pretty much out lightsaber Obi Wan in a complete and total fashion. So Obi Wan's like, uh, "Fine, gun." Gun, maybe? Gun, sure. Gun, you don't have the force to be able to deflect blaster bolts. No, so you just have cool robo stuff going on. So You can just spin lightsabers. Yeah. Honestly, you're really just more of a gross meat sack surrounded by a cool robot, and you really should cover that up more. All right, anyway, so uh, basically at this point, Han is in... Or Han, I keep saying Han. Luke. Luke is in a bit of a standoff with these three soldier lady uh, dudes when all of a sudden, who walks in but a character we hadn't really met yet? Ta-a-choom. I don't know whether it's Ta'achume or Ta'achum. I mean, I know it's Ta'a, because it's T-A apostrophe A. Yeah, that's Ta'a. That's very clearly Ta'a. Yeah, so Ta'achum. I'm going to go with that, because it sounds rad. It sounds like something Han would yell at, or Han, that something something that Indiana Jones would yell at a dude in his ta-a-chum-y. own language. Ta'achumi! Yeah. Ta'achum! You betrayed Shiva! He says to him. <laughs> nah, I want Chumi. Okay, fine. Ta'achumi! Can... <laughs> no, this what... is my other Wookiee, Chumi! Oh, we're making him Australian. Yeah, Australian Han Solo has a Wookiee named Chumi. Chumi, from Chumebaka. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay, that's fine. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, okay, anyway, 
Ta'achum comes walking in and she's like, what is the meaning of all this? What is this? Mm. What is all of this? <laughs> uh, basically, the three guys try to basically explain what they were doing, which is, we found Warlord Omog, per your request, O oh mighty queen. And uh, did you torture her? Uh, yes, we did torture her as you instructed us to. I mean, as you definitely did not instruct us to. Oh shit, we're fucked because you need to look good, aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know for certain what was their orders were, but they were, she was like, did yeah, you torture her? She's like, yeah, we did. That was us. We're, we're almost 100% sure that she's like, go find this Warlord Omog person, figure out where my son is, and then kill her. And kill her in a horrible way because I'm a, I'm a mean queen lady. Not my son. She knows where her son is. Oh, I'm sorry. Is. She wants to go find uh, Leia and Han. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. So, um... Hey, I strive for accuracy in this podcast, Of course, sir. who doesn't? Sir, Both. we are all about the accurate representation of Star Wars here. The last thing we'd want to do is misrepresent the good word of the Expounded Universe Legends series. Indeed. If mm. there is one thing I will not stand, it is making it so that you're putting words into Tachumi's mouth. Yeah, or, or for even worse, an uh, improperly fancy hat. <laughs> Hats have to be the right degree of fancy at all times here at Expounded Universe. The de- the right degree of fancy. Mm-hmm. Ding. TM. <laughs> TM. All right. So basically, they kind of say, "Oh, we we were doing we were on your orders," and she's like, "Silence! Put yourselves under arrest." <laughs> Silence. I wonder what's for dinner. <laughs> oh boy, I'm so hungry. I could give, give myself, myself a promotion. promotion. Okay. Um. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's our fault. Uh, okay. <laughs> she has them put themselves under arrest, which is hilarious. They're like, yes, queen. Yeah, I'll go be under arrest. Oh, I'm going to go stand in the corner. Uh, oh, I'm under arrest I, now. I, placed my, I have to put myself in jail. <laughs> I'm going to go put myself in bad boy jail. <laughs> I can't even stop for Sonny D from the fridge. Bad Boy Jail is where you get a leather jacket and a motorcycle. That is pretty much what Bad Boy Jail is, yeah. Yeah. You let out every 15 minutes for a musical number. (laughs) But uh, she's like, I'm so sorry. I told them to find her. I did not tell them to torture her. Please, Warlord Omog, why don't you tell me what justification or punishment you would like them to receive? Have them breathe methane. Yeah, yeah. She wants them to breathe methane. And, uh, you know, Ta'achum is like, it will be done. I'm glad that no at no point during this scene with uh, methane gas being spilled around the room, does anyone mention fart smells? Yeah, no one's like, who ripped it? Because I don't think that methane I don't think methane actually smells like that. That's a smell that's put into methane to make people not want to breathe it. No. I think it's supposed to be scentless and it's being added so that kids will be safe around it. No, it just it, smells a fart. It just smells a fart, methane does? Yeah, methane. It's, it smells a fart. TM. Maybe I was misled as a kid. <laughs> I certainly was about the pronunciation of misled. That's as, true. As a kid, I thought that word was misled. And you were so wrong. I know. I was wrong. About, I, I spent a lot more time reading than otherwise learning, so I was wrong about a lot of words. Well, yeah. I, I mean, said, you had to teach yourself how to read on those mean streets. I, I kind of did. <laughs> I spent a lot of time banished to the street with a James Harriet novel, mislearning the the use of the term misled. Uh, and bedraggled. Also, be, oh, but yeah, bedraggled and chouse. There you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. So she's like, it will be done. They will breathe methane for your amusement. And then, you know, Luke's helping her get her mask back on. And basically, the two of them are after the same information, which is that they want to know where Han and Leia went. Yeah. 
But Luke is pretty canny about how he's going to go about getting this information. He, he assumes that Ta'a Chum is here for the same reason he is, but she might not have as good of motives. So he says, like, as a reward for rescuing you, and he's talking to Warlord Omog. Because yeah, Omog's like, what do you want? You yeah. saved my life. Yeah, and he's like, as a reward, I want you to look me in the eyes and think of, of the name of the planet that you just gave to, to Han Solo. Yeah, which is good. I it's, was like, again, cool things where Luke Skywalker's like, wait a minute, I'm a fucking Jedi. Oh, I know what to do. Yeah, yeah. So she looks at him and thinks Dathomir, and he's like, oh, Dathomir. Oh, fuck. Oh, we tried to hide the Chunthor on Dathomir. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> That's from, from, from like four episodes ago. I remember that. Ooh, that was episode one. Yeah, the Chunthor. Get Chunth. We're getting right back to it, whatever that is. I still don't know. You wicked Chunth. Yeah, and then it's funny because he turns around and Ta'a Chum is looking at him, and she's curious as if she wants something from him and it's like duh she wants the name you just learned and it's like duh she wants that d she kind of the thing is she kind of goes yes uh, dathomir duh everyone knows he's on dathomir anyway stupid. we Foolish. already checked her yeah. ship we figured she had a nav log for going to dathomir we so, know obviously yeah so you thought you just pulled one over on me the mighty queen of hapes ta'achum <laughs> No, you not hate long. <laughs> so it, every episode, every episode needs a no, you not hate law. Uh, but uh, she, she's like, yeah, duh, obviously hapes. Hey, you're a Jedi, aren't you? What's your interest in all this? Or do you have some connection to the princess? And he's like, you might say I'm a friend of the princess and of Han Solo. And at that point, like she doesn't say anything, but you have to assume that Ta'a is like, Oh, yeah, you're Luke Skywalker, I get it. Yeah, you're the only Jedi. I mean, like, who did you think we thought you were, you dumb shit? I mean, I wanted to make sure you weren't some random Jedi that Luke Skywalker trained, maybe? Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's you. Yeah, because this one's set pretty close to the... I mean, Han and Leia aren't even married yet, so this is real early Expounded Universe stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, the only book we've read that's earlier is Shadows. Uh, well, that's not true. As the timeline Tales goes. of the Multi like Cantina is earlier than Shadows, but whatever. Um, well, I mean, unless you count that one where it takes place like years so later, years in the future. Yeah, and on a Frankenstein castle on an island somewhere. Hell yeah. That was a weird choice. Huh? I like to think that one takes place so many years later that it's right back up to the modern day, and that was just set on Earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somehow, Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba are just hanging out. They survived all the way to the Victorian era of England. And they're like, ooh. Look at this, Frankenstein stuff. I have changed my name from Evazon to Frankenstein to evade the death sentence on 12 star systems. <laughs> I'm a wanted man. Good. You'll be dead. Thanks. Uh, yeah, he just keeps saying that. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> that you are basically an RPG NPC that only has one thing they can say. You'll be dead. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I accidentally clicked on you again. Stop pressing A. You'll be dead. <laughs> Look, just press it once, skip the line, then stop. You don't need to keep pressing it or I'm going to keep talking to you. You'll, You'll be, be dead. dead. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All yeah. I can say is that line and this line explaining why I said all of that and you'll be dead. Yeah, that line is the one he says if you click on him too many times. Yeah. <laughs> just explains it or gets mad at you. Okay, so basically she's like, well, you know, you're the only Jedi. And he's like... Yeah, I, I'm definitely not Luke Skywalker, though. She is gracious enough to not just go, yeah, you're Luke Skywalker. Look, I do a lot of research. I'm the queen of a planet, and I'm very good at it. I'm okay. a queen of 63 planets. I was coming here to meet with the New Republic. I think I know the most important people here. Yes. I would certainly... I'm here specifically because of Leia. I would know who her brother is. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, well, as a Jedi, I find you fascinating. You will have dinner with me on my vehicle, because we're still doing that. 
where her her thing is definitely not a ship. Don't call it a ship. Don't call it a comeback. It's been here for four thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Luke's like, you know what? I'm getting some weird vibes off of you. Yeah, sure. I'll have dinner with you. Why the fuck not? Yeah. So I guess at this point we can skip ahead. He does indeed have dinner with her. And indeed he did. Yeah, and Isolder's there too. Oh yeah, Isolder is there, I I think, just to cock block his mom. Pretty much, yeah. He's there to make sure his mom doesn't score any of that sweet Jedi D. Yeah. Uh, Also, sweet Jedi D is a great character from It's Always Sunny in Coruscant. (laughs) I would love to watch that. (laughs) She's like lightsaber bird-like somehow. (laughs) Okay, uh... So the three of them have a, a weird conversation at the dinner table, uh, but mostly it's just Luke sussing out Ta'achum. Yeah, it's all from Isolder's point of view, which is weird because a lot of it is about a lot of it is about how hot she is. Yeah, so it's real weird that it's mostly coming from her son. Yeah, like her kid is like, "Oh yeah, my mom's the hottest piece of ass in Hades," and you're like, "Whoa, whoa!" And we get a little bit of. Uh, ageism here too because he's like yep she's the hottest piece of ass on all 63 hapies planets and she held her age real well oh yeah oh she's a g-milf that is a grandmother <laughs> i would like to fuck is <laughs> a g-milf yeah i mean i don't think she's a grandmother yet but you know she's nah, old that's what she's hoping for yeah she wants to be a g-milf any day now hurry up and make me a g-milf she keeps telling him that's what she says uh-huh over and over uh-huh right to him while she wakes him up from sleeping hey hey wake up Make me a G-Milf. <laughs> you know how to do it, right? Uh, okay, so basically Luke's base talking to her, kind of sussing out her evil. At one point, he even asks her, hey, uh, before I leave, could you do me one favor and let me see your real face? Yeah, take that veil off and it, let me let me get a gander. And of course, he sold her, has to pause the action for a moment to be like, oh, such a request is completely outlandish. She will have him killed on the spot and eaten, boiled with fleek eels. Oh, oh only if, if he knew that he... W- was asking one of the most amazing offensive things, but no, he is but a barbarian. <laughs> Does he not know hate law? Right? <laughs> and, but thankfully... I would love that, by the way, in a Planet of the Apes, if someone's like, Does he not know ape law? And some other ape is like, Fucking right? Come on! Come on! It's so simple! Ape law! Ape law! Ape shall not kill ape! <laughs> uh, no, I only know bird law. Uh, <laughs> Stupid Charlie ape. Okay, uh, so... She obliges. She lifts the veil, and wouldn't you know it, she's a sparkly hot redhead with eyes of pure evil. <laughs> yeah, and Luke takes a look at her, is uh, does one of those faces where you just smell the fart, and then he's like, thank you, good day. Did Warlord Omar get loose in here, he says. <laughs> he says to her, he says, it smells like a fart in here. It smells like a Drachmarian. He's like, and I should know, I wear Drachmar Noir. <laughs> Excuse me, Ta'achum, did you, uh, did you rip one? <laughs> Says Luke Skywalker. Yes, that's what he says. Did someone step on a burrito at this place? <laughs> hey, did someone just tear ass in here? <laughs> anyway, I gotta go. I'm late for bowling, and that's Luke Skywalker. Ah, shit, someone fire up a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry about that one. You got any candles? Just waving a lightsaber around the room like it's gonna make a difference. I'm, oh, my bad. I was gonna ionize all this up. Oh, okay. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> Uh, and then he stomps off. Basically, he sees her evil. He uses his Jedi mind-reading powers to look deep into her soul. He's like... Yeah. And then he stomps off. And uh, Isolder excuses himself from dinner as well after giving his mom a quick kiss through the veil. Yeah. Uh, Isolder tracks down Luke and is like, hey, you're a Jedi, right? Jedi have 
indefinable magic powers, correct? Yes, you can... I have heard tell that a... Oh, I'm sorry, I completely forgot what she offers him. We gotta talk about that real fast. She's like, hey, so on one of the planets of Hapes, uh, there was definitely a bunch of Jedi living there until Vader showed up and killed all of them. Oh, yeah, she's like, we we love Jedi. Mm-hmm. We... We hosted some Jedi refugees before Vader killed them. Which we did nothing about, apparently. But Vader showed up and murdered all 50 of them or something, and then he just sort of sealed up the place they were without breaking anything like he usually does. And if you want to go into this cave that we definitely have full of Jedi ruins, why, it's yours. Mm Mm-hmm. Buddy. Yeah, and I'm definitely not lying. I would never lie. This is just a speech impediment that everyone from Hapes has. (laughs) Isn't that right, my son? He's older. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. If they all sound sarcastic all the time, that's the best. (laughs) We just keep changing what Hapes sound like. No, that's it. From now on, they're just sarcastic. At least for this episode. (laughs) From now on, for the rest of this episode. Yeah. So he soldier tracks down Luke, and he's like, I've heard tell that Jedi can travel through hyperspace faster than even a Navicomputer. Yeah. Which, I love that Luke's response is, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's I definitely... I mean, I'm a Jedi, I can do whatever. Yeah, I can sense the living force, so I can sense planets and stars and shit and just move out of the way when I'm in hyperspace. No problem, I'm pretty sure that works. Yeah, sure, why not? Hey. I just reach out with the force and, I don't know, do whatever I want. <laughs> just, I don't okay. know, probably. <laughs> yeah, I love that that's Luke's response. Is just, yeah, 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 probably, yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh... Yeah, that sounds like something I should probably be able to do, yeah. All right, so yes, I can do it, definitely. <laughs> so he soldier's like, oh, I have a deal to offer you. Why don't you let me go with you? Oh, by the way, we also get a description of where they're standing and why the Star Home, which is the name of the ship, is not a ship. No, it's because it's, it's a, a big castle. It's a castle on a mountain made of basalt, and the whole thing has been carved out and stuffed full of spaceship engines. Yeah, so it's just a... A big flying Castlevania in space. It's pretty much a 40k ship. It's just what we needed is a chance for this this universe to get even more fantasy adventure storytelling. Oh, yeah. It's guarded by a star dragon, and there's a moat of space water around it. Ooh, space water. Mmm, delicious space water. Ooh, it's fresh got, space water. It's got space electrolytes. <laughs> That's what space plants crave. <laughs> exactly. So, basically, he says... Luke, why don't you and I team up on this one? Because if you and I don't find Han before uh, Ta'achum does, she'll kill him. Yeah, if my mom gets to him first, Han is dead. Yeah, and then he go- and Luke's response is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure she'd kill me if she could get away with it too. So, you know what? You got a deal. Yeah, sure, why not? And that's where the chapter ends. And Well, also, R2 shows up, and oh, he kind of right. gives R2 a, hmm, what's up with your shit? Because yeah. some, uh, like, hapen dude is like, oh, you're, uh... Your droid was malfunctioning. I fixed it. That's right. Some random technician comes up and he's like, Hi, sir. Your droid was malfunctioning. We repaired it. I definitely didn't rascal it. Wait a minute. Someone rascaled my droid. If R2's been rascaled, that's going to be a party celebration for both of us later. (laughs) It's true. They were like, oh, he was firing sparks all over the place. So we fixed him. And Luke's like, he always fires sparks all over the place. He's a shitty droid. That's the way I like him. That's what he does. I built him wrong on purpose. Ah, That's how I like it. That's the way. Uh-huh, I like him. Uh-huh. I like him following around me and burning off my farts. Uh, we didn't we? We just had a whole conversation. Oh, I'm sorry, you weren't there. Oh, you know what? We also forgot one of the soldiers that was going after the 
uh, Warlord Omog shot him with the gun of command, and he was like, no, nah, I'm good, Yeah, because yeah, I'm a Jedi. Yeah, he gets shot with a, with a gun of command, because apparently there's lots of them. Well, yeah, I don't know if... Like, that's going to be important later, but I figure I should bring it up now just yeah. so we do mention it. It turns out that, that uh, Luke is immune to guns of command. He gets shot with it, and he kind of goes, oh, I feel susceptible. Nope. No, I don't. Okay, oh, that's that fine. weird. Yeah. Which just makes it even sadder that Leia got shot with one, and it worked. <laughs> She's got Jedi powers. Come on, book. Come on, book. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, the two of them decide to team up and fight crime together, or whatever it is they're doing. I don't Indeed. fucking care. Uh, meanwhile. Meanwhile. Above the skies of Dathomir. Yes, and falling rapidly into them, uh, the Millennium Falcon is spinning wildly in control inside of the wreck of a, of a spaceship it just flew into. Chunks of it are falling off, and it's getting awful hot in there because they have to turn off a whole bunch of stuff, which means they're feeling the reentry heat. Yeah, and the, I mean, the fucking, like, frigate that they are in doesn't have any shielding or anything, so it's just heating up the inside of the frigate as well. Yes. So there's just a lot of heat coming in. Now, of course, what this leads to is Leia complaining petulantly. It's hot in here. It's hot in here. You should just take me home. Han, take me home. I know we established the last chapter that you couldn't, but do it anyway. I feel bad that we're using that voice. That should not be what Princess Leia's voice is. No, but that is definitely what this book Princess Leia is. I know. It's so sad. So she's basically being petulant and Han is responding by muttering under his breath about how princesses are needy. Then yeah. why do you keep trying to date one, you weirdo? Oh, God, everything. Everything is terrible. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of banter back and forth that you're like, had we not had the previous chapters where you have kidnapped and coerced this woman to come with you, you could almost be like, oh, it's that... Classic Han and Leia banter. Oh, they're like an old married couple. They but, should get married. But now when you're having Leia be like, screaming, take me home, and Han being like, fuck you, princess, you're like, oh, this this has a whole new meaning, and I am not happy. Exactly. This is this has broached a level of discomfort that I am not happy about. Yeah. Anyway, they, they have a very long time falling in this frigate thing because Han doesn't want to pull out of it until the last possible second. Oh, yeah. Han hates pulling out. Until the last second. Yeah. yeah. And then he likes to get it all over the fucking bed for some reason like a jerk off. <laughs> like he does when he's jerking off. This exactly. is why he can't sleep in his apartment. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's what uh, <laughs> Luke was feeling when he was like, huh, it feels like Han was here. Oh, oh damn oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> The sheet is crispier than a piece of paper. Oh, God. Han. Han. It's, it's, it's like, like a, a dorm room in here. God, this bed is like a Krispy Kreme donut. Jesus. Ugh, it's too bad that Jedi can see in ultraviolet. <laughs> That's a thing we can do, by the way. Because uh, we have ill-defined powers. We sure do. They're so ill-defined. I can also see in infraviolet. Yeah, why That's not? A, That's a color I just made up. <laughs> I can see an octarine. <laughs> The color of magic. Fuck you guys. Hey. All right. So they they go spinning down and getting all their plans ready. They have a long time falling down to the plan to discuss what the plan is. Oh, yeah. Because he, he has so much time to be like, look, we're going to fall for a while, but uh, the frigate's going to crash. And we need to pull out very, very soon before it does that. Because if we leave, then when it blows up, then the heat signature will cover our tracks, but we'll have to land nearby so they don't see us. And he's just like rattling off all of this information. He's like, and of course we can't go far. Uh, we need parts. And they're just giving like 
this giant spiel, and it's like in those comics where it's like uh, someone does a jump kick, and he has like a fucking paragraph text bubble. It's Brian Michael Bendis doing Star Wars is what it is, because that's that's a Bendis thing all over. Is Spider Man does one jump kick, and he also reads you the full text of King Lear. <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Man jump kicks at you, and he's like, you've been wondering. <laughs> who Who is John Galt, wonders Spider-Man? Actually, he did for a while, as I recall. I think there's a panel of him saying that he read some John Galt in college. Or, or you know, read some Ayn Rand in college, oh, whatever. Yeah. He read some John Galt. He read some John Galt. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I, and I'm pretty sure that's just a takeoff of that one other panel where, where Spider-Man is telling hippies to get off his property or something. Ah. Because in the 60s, Spider-Man was briefly angry at hippies. Of course, because in the 60s, everyone was briefly angry at hippies. I mean, they were all over the place. They're all over the place. Ah, my cabinets? They got in my kitchen. I got is, it. There's like 400 the hippies in here. They're trying to carry out a piece of dog food. <laughs> One piece. I really need to get some double-pane windows into my kitchen to keep all these hippies out. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Free love? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to name my daughter Rain. Uh, get out of here, hippies. I shouldn't complain. My daughter's named Sage. Yeah. Yeah. I ought to turn the hose on you. Don't turn the hose on me. She's named after the D&D wi- uh, wise man thing. I know. Yeah. I, I know. I'm fine. I gave her a nerd name. I managed it's to fine. sneak a nerd name past the girlfriend. Sneak it in there. It's not like I could name her Paladin or something. She would have caught that. Oh, although that would have been great. That would have been pretty. This is her middle name. <laughs> ah. uh, it's not. I wish it was. Okay. Anyway. This is why I should never have a kid. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, also because I would be a terrible parent. Well, also because whoever whoever you had the kid with would would probably curb your dumb naming instincts. No, I would only have a child with someone that was like, I am also a big dumb idiot about this stuff, and be like, Yes, let us ruin this child's life. And that's why this this uh, child's name is that entirely wibbly wobbly timey windy quote from Doctor Who. The whole quote, the whole thing, <laughs> the worst quote. That's her middle name, by the way. The worst quote. Yeah. So they eventually pull off the plan that they've been discussing at length and in detail. Yeah, they, uh, they land about a half kilometer or something away. It's a rough landing, which Leia complains about. And Chewbacca also complains about briefly. He barks something fairly, they say. Yeah, and, you know, to his credit, in this one, he's also like, Hey, Han. Hey, Han. I want to fuck your shit up, by the way. Yeah. Like, the second we land, I'm going to beat the shit out of yeah, you. Yeah, as soon as this is over, because that's the point at which you can come out of hyperspace or whatever the fuck, I am going to beat you senseless. <laughs> I need you to know this. You are not safe. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just love that there is a one sentence aside where Chewbacca gets to go, Don't think I forgot about beating the shit out of you. Yeah. So, they land uh, about a quarter mile away, and then they have to stay in the ship for a long time, because... Zinja's men aren't done yet. They come out there and they carpet bomb where the frigate landed for a good most of the day. Yeah, and then they keep hearing fighters whizzing by and looking at stuff. Oh, they have a fucking magic tarp, though. Oh, the camouflage net is like three pages. The- What's going on? Also, where the fuck did that come from? I, it doesn't surprise me that, that the Falcon could have a camouflage net. Like, that's the sort of thing a smuggler would have. But it doesn't need to get us this... It's got, like, a catalog description in the book where it's like, the Falcon's camouflage netting is a two-phase process. The first phase uses an electrostatic web uh, covering, which uh, blocks all electronic and heat signatures. The second phase, you have to put on the ground before the Falcon lands to take a electrochromatographic photograph of the ground, and then they spread that over. Many soldiers have wandered across deserts and then found themselves standing on top of planet, uh, uh, spaceships that have crashed with no idea because of the quality of electrostatic netting. 
you can get one now. Mm-hmm. And buy now, and you also get the Ginsu knives. Only four easy payments of 499 credits and 99 deca credits. Uh, deca credits, I guess. Deca credits. Deca credits. 499 deca credits would buy a lot of bands. It's true. Yeah. Not not entirely a guri, though. Not an entire guri. You couldn't buy an entire guri with that. So, they took, but then they have, not only do they have to go on forever about what this camouflage netting is, then they re-go over it while they're putting it up. Oh, yeah. They're like, and now let's get it up here. And you know, no one will see us with our camouflage netting because you see it. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. No one cares. Shut up. Imagine if Star Wars the movies had a part like that. Where's, where, like, Han pulls out his DL-44, and he's like, Greedo, I'm going to shoot you with this DL-44 blaster. Let me tell you what the D and the L stand for. Dick love. They stand for dick loving, which this gun belongs to people who are the best at. Me. I'm the best at dick loving. The 44 indicates my the number of the guns that were made of this. I have the 44th one. Yeah. But they don't, they don't do that, because Han has a cool big gun instead. We don't need to go over this endless stuff about what the net is and what it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, you give us a quick thing that you're like, we have a MacGuffin that stops people from seeing us. Done. There, there you go. So they cover themselves with camouflage netting, and then they wait hours until it's nighttime. And then Han's like, all right, I'm going to go outside and take a look around, because that's the kind of shit Han usually does. And then he leaves. Chewbacca and C-3PO are like, hey, we should probably follow Han and see what he's up to and if he's found anything good. Well, it's been like a couple hours, and Han has not returned, so they're like... Okay, someone needs to go out there and make sure Han just didn't get caught mm-hmm. by, like, some Warlord Zinge people or die to the local, like, fauna or flora or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever local fairies are supposed to be helping Sleeping Beauty. Instead, they're here fucking up Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, so someone should go out there. And, of course, Leia's like, well, we can't send a Wookiee or a gold droid. That would draw way too much attention. What we need to send out there is an angry princess. Yep. And she finds Han Solo watching the sunset on Dathomir, and he has the worst fucking thing. Because she's like, hey, uh, what are you doing, asshole? Yeah, he's, and like, he's like, oh, skipping I'm just rocks. skipping a rock. I'm basically a four-year-old. I'm going to turn to you and go, hey, it's pretty here. Do you love me yet? Are you ready to marry me now? Do you love me? Oh, my fucking God, Han. Why did you suddenly regress into like a four-year-old? It was like... I'm skipping stones. Do you love me? Do you want to be my girlfriend? Okay, bye. Here, read this note I wrote you. I'm going to have Chewbacca hand it to you. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. This says, do you like Han? And then there's two checkboxes, and they both say yes. Uh, I'm going to write no in. It says yes, and then yes, and also if you write no in, I will definitely kill you because I am a villain. Also, please understand, and it just goes on. (laughs) It's got a brief section on how electrostatic netting works. (laughs) No, know that you are only alive due to the electrostatic netting. <laughs> the ESIG 700 model electrostatic netting is the thing that la- that's like written on the his note is written on the instructions for it. Ah! <laughs> anyway, basically, he's like, "Yeah, don't you think this planet's nice?" And she's like, uh, it, "So far, it hasn't killed us, so I'm fine with it, I guess." And he's like, "Yeah, it's almost the kind of planet you could fall in love with Han Solo on. Have you fallen in love with Han Solo yet?" And she's like. No, uh, take me home immediately, you, you dumb... No, I, I no. still hate you a lot. I, yeah, remember how you kidnapped me, definitely, for sure? Except instead of that, she's like, you know, it is pretty here. And you is. are you are a boy I like. And I'm like, no, Leia, no. Le- no, Leia, he's crossed the line, Leia. Leia, do not immediately be like, oh, I've been, like, sweaty and hiding out in a ship 
scared for my life, and then I found this dude skipping stones like an asshole, and yeah, my first reaction is, that's a nice sunset, maybe I could like you. Yeah, it's probably because he's wearing Drachmar Noir, the <laughs> cologne that smells like farts. Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, so... <laughs> and she's like, well, why are you just standing out here in the open? Aren't you worried Warlord Zinja's people will be here? And he has to be like, no, I don't think Warlord Zinja's people are going to come down to the planet. And she says, well, what gives you that impression? Why? Because of these? It turns out he's standing in a Rancor footprint. I mean, they don't say a Rancor footprint. They just say a very large footprint with five toes. And I'm like, that doesn't narrow shit down, my dude. Oh, shit. That means it's the Gorax. Oh, shit. That means it's, I don't know, a big human. Yeah, that's the Gorax. Well, yes. The Gorax is the big monster from the end of the the first Ewoks movie. Indeed. He's like an 80-foot tall guy. I He's think he has one dude. eye. I don't remember if he has one eye or two eyes. Folks at home, remind me how many eyes the Gorax has. Cyclops? No, Cyclops. Cyclops? Yeah. Duoclops. Is he a Cyclops or a Biclops? <laughs> is he a Bicurious Clops? I'm one of them Bicurious Clopses. I'm not sure if I want to have two eyes. I don't or... know if two eyes is right That's... for me, but I want to try it. <laughs> That's why I wear this eye patch. <laughs> it's like being a Cyclops, but sometimes I can be a little Biclops if I want. <laughs> Look, you get a few drinks into me, and I'm pretty much a Biclops. <laughs> I was a Biclops in college. <laughs> I had a Biclops phase. <laughs> They're the worst kind of Clops. <laughs> you make the rest of us Clopses look bad. How dare you, sir? <laughs> All right. So uh, he's like, because of this big footprint, and she's like, oh, no. And that kind of is where the chapter ends. Yeah. Uh, I like to think, no, the, the Empire wouldn't be scared of big reptile footprints. They have dewbacks. Also, they have guns. Mm-hmm. Like... A Rancor is super scary if you're like, I'm a dude and I got dropped into a pit without anything and it's me versus a Rancor. Mm. You're like, oh, we know there are Rancor down here. We bring big fuck off Rancor guns. Yeah, they have to bring their big Rancor. it's not like a Rancor is going to sneak up on you. The only other thing that will possibly kill a Rancor besides Rancor guns is the skull of Bidlow Quirve. (laughs) John, did you know that the skull that 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 Luke threw to uh, close the door on the Rancor was the skull of Bidlow Quirve? I didn't. Yeah, now you know. There's a whole fucking story about it. Oh, man. That's quite the curiosity. <laughs> and he didn't have to spend so much information to get that information, John. He got away with it by bidding low. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was pretty drunk when he got dropped in there. He was drinking too much Quirvo. <laughs> oh, what a good time we're having today. What a good time with dumb Star Wars names. Anyway, that's the end of the two chapters. Uh we don't get to find out exactly what it is, but we have established that Dathomir is beautiful. And we also established that there's no birds there. They make There's no bird sound. There's just the smell of leaf mold, the pretty sunset, and the squishy soil underneath their feet. There definitely was probably a city about, like, 50 miles away. Oh, yeah, because, because uh, C-3PO spots one. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, while we were spinning, I saw... Like lights about fifty miles that I way. I definitely, I definitely saw lights about fifty miles that way. Oh, I definitely saw lights about fifty miles I've that been wor- way. I've been working on my hapen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I speak hapen. <laughs> also, I've uploaded hape law. <laughs> <laughs> now I know all about it. God damn it! The fact that, or the idea that C three PO has decided to go native and become a hapen is. <laughs> He fits right in. Look how hot all the people are. Oh, Ooh, my. <laughs> Chewbacca in the background all... Rawr! 
<laughs> oh man, sarcastic Chewbacca honks are the great. Ah, <laughs> oh, sarcastic Chewbacca honks. That's uh, that's a new thing I want to hear people's recordings of. Uh, there anyway, you there you go. That's what's up. That that is indeed what is up. Has anyone redeemed themselves yet? No, of course not. No. Le- Leia is still painfully in love with Han, which is a real problem after he kidnapped her. Han is still a dipshit. Chewbacca isn't just beating the shit out of uh, out of Han, which is a real problem for me. <laughs> I mean, he keeps threatening too. Yeah, but he isn't doing it. He just keeps threatening. Put up or shut up, Chubes. <laughs> yeah, come on, Chumi. <laughs> What's calling Chumi? Chuby. Uh, he's not doing it. He's not beating up Han, and I want that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luke, at least, is pretty interesting in this book. Yeah, Luke's got business going on. Yeah, and he's, he's like, competent and doing his shit. Hooray. I'm excited to watch that happen. Anyway, we'll see you in a week with more of this nonsense. You're damn right we will. Until such time as that, be sure to check out our bonus content. Ooh, yeah, baby. We got patreon.com slash system mastery. If you support us at the $2 or more level, you unlock bonus content for us, which is just delightful. Yes, what we do is we go into Wikipedia, and we find the most horrible possible things on Wikipedia, or the most delightful, and we discuss them with each other. And it's always a fun time for both of us, too, because we don't tell each other in advance. Uh, there have been times where we've had to redo an episode because we both picked the same thing. Luckily, it's only happened like once or twice. So it's a big surprise to us what's coming. It's a big surprise to you. You never know what kind of crazy stories from the deepest bowels of Star Wars you're going to get. Oh, yeah. And uh, we will have that right after this, if you are one of our patrons. All you have to do is be a $2 subscriber or higher, and we have a new level coming. If you subscribe at the new $5 level, you'll also unlock Afterthought, an old podcast we used to do that we ran out of time to do when we found the time, because you've made this a real job for both of us. Uh, So at the new $5 level, we're going to bring back Afterthought as a monthly show with the questions and everything all right back the way it was. Yep, if you love to hear us banter and answer questions and really dig deep into nonsense that isn't specifically RPG or Star Wars or anything like that, then that is going to be how you get a hold of that nonsense. That's going to be at the new, at the $5 level, which does already exist. So that means that you'll get the original stuff from the $5 level, which is all the bonus content, and getting to know what the System Mastery books are going to be two weeks in advance. There you go. Uh, so try us at the new $5 level. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks. Uh, or you can find us at a variety of locations. Including yeah, we're System- on Twitter, Facebook, all that is System Mastery. We've got our own subreddit, r slash System Mastery. And our own website, SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Indeed. Find us at all those locations. And until such time as you do, I've been Elan Begano, And my death sticks smell like farts. Farts.